Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Feeling <laughs> blessed. But I have a serious question for you. How serious? A serious one. Serious. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, like an 11. Oh, this is a serious series. <laughs> yes. So my question is, girl, do you wear your bonnet out in public? No, I don't. <laughs> I personally don't wear my bonnet out in public, but it's funny you brought that up because I know that you have probably seen this video that is going around of Monique. People are dragging her, but then some people are agreeing with her. And I'm going to give y'all the Cliff Notes version of what I got out of what she said. She basically was just saying that, and she was talking to us black people, really. She was saying that we need to have pride in how we look and how we present ourselves and that we should not show up to the airport looking any kind of way and with the body and all this other different things. Here's my thing. I don't care what people look like at the airport. Um, Like if you want to come in your body, that's your business. If you want to come raggedy, that's your business. Like it doesn't really matter to me any which way. Now, what I will say, if I'm on a long international flight, I'm bringing my body to put it on because I'm not messing up my braids and my hair. Like, let's get that straight. But I just didn't think, like, I like I see where she's coming from. And I guess to a certain extent, I can get it and relate to it. But, like, I just feel like, you know, for me, like, airports, when you think about it, are low-key disgusting. So I'm not going to show yes. up in, I'm not going to show up in my best fit all made up and done up, you know, to... You know, dress in first. The only time that I've ever done that, and I probably would ever do that, is Essence Fest. Because, listen, the honeys be out, and I need to be ready and prepared. Now, I will show up looking like a snack off the plane for Essence, okay? But that's about it. Anything else, they're going to get regular, schmegular, Shelby. Like, you know, if I'm even matching at the airport, that's an accomplishment for me. Because I just, honestly, I just, I'm more concerned about being comfortable, being safe, making sure that I get to my checkpoint making sure that I get through security and getting on the flight because if we're being honest Erica most of the time when we fly it's early in the morning or late at night so right I'm not concerned about what I look like or how I'm presenting I'm just concerned about getting on the plane or flight and especially if it's early or late I don't care just get me there let me get there in one piece what do you think friend do you think it's as big of a deal as she's making it out to be I don't think it's a big deal. I think that, number one, I see her point. Like, yes, we should take pride in how we look, but this is the airport. Like, we're not going to a job interview. We're not, like, showing up to be impressive at a presentation or something like that. This is literally going, trying to get on your plane so you can go from point A to point B. For me, personally, I don't wear my bonnet out in public because I don't want outside germs on my bonnet. And I could, you know, have an outside bonnet, but I just don't do that. Like, I'll wear a hat or a scarf before I wear 
a bonnet outside. That's just my personal preference. But if I go to the airport and I see some girls with bonnets on, like, I'm not going to be like, why you got that on? Like, I, I literally don't care. For me in the airport, like you were saying, there's a lot of germs. I'm afraid of plain germs. So like, if I'm on a plane, normally I'm wearing a sweatshirt. So it has a hoodie. So I'll put my hoodie on. So my hair is not touching the seats. <laughs> like I'm that petty when it comes to like plain germs and stuff. So for Monique to like make this big thing about it, I just really don't think that it's that serious. And one thing that I love about Black people and our culture is if we are on that plane, when we, you best believe when we step foot off into Miami or wherever we're going, our hair is going to be done, our nails is done, we showing up looking like whole snacks. So right. it's not the point of we just look like this every single day. No, we we if you have to look like that just to get from your point A to point B, I don't care. Because for me, I show up looking like a thug, so it's fine. I, I don't care. Um, but I just don't get why people are making such a big deal about it. Like, oh, black people, y'all just show up looking any kind of way. Like, I never see nobody in the airport. Like, never. Me so either. I'm just trying to get on my plane and I'm trying to get to where I'm going. And like you said, we usually leave at like 6 a.m. or we get in there at like midnight. Like, it's not anything to like be pressed about. I've seen people wearing heels and all of that to the airport, but they could be touching down seeing a man. Right. I'm not doing that. So right. <laughs> I'm touching down and checking into my hotel. Right. And then I'll change and get cute. That's it. Right. I agree. So girl, and, I don't know. Girl. And then the other thing that people have been talking about lately is this whole Vivica Fox and Cuban link thing. So it has died down a lot. But so basically what happened um, is Vivica Fox was doing an interview and they asked her about 50 Cent. And so she commented and did and did and said whatever. But of course, you know that when people do an interview, they take a snippet from that and they replay it. And then sometimes it's not what it seems. So if you watch the snippet, it looks like Biblical A. Fox was like being desperate or, you know, proclaiming her feelings for 50 Cent. So Cuban Link came back and she made like a like a rude comment about her age and all that different stuff. And I will say Vivica A. Fox kept it really classy. But she posted the whole video. And the whole video, that was just like one small question, like a portion of what she said. And what she said that they clipped out was, she did say that, you know, 50 Cent was loving her life and different things like that. But she also said that, she really liked 50 Cent being with Cuban Link. She thought that they were a great couple and a beautiful couple and she wished them nothing but the best and happiness and just all these good things about Cuban Link. Cuban Link did come back and apologize to her because she didn't watch the whole, you know, snippet. She just saw that piece and, you know, went off. People were going off <laughs> about Cuban Link. They were going off about Little Gay Fox. But I just thought that was so interesting. And I think, you know, when you think about it, you can see, you can see like why sometimes it's so important to get the full story before you jump to conclusions. Yeah, because I saw just that little clip of Vivica like saying how much she loved 50 Cent. And I was like, why are we talking about him? Why, auntie, why are you? <laughs> She's like an auntie in my eyes. Like, girl, why are you doing this? You know, he's with somebody. So, but I also didn't care enough about the story. And I didn't know that like exactly who Cuban was. I don't know. And then, you know, 50 Cent is so petty. So like, I was just waiting on him to come in and say anything. I don't even know if he did say anything or address anything. He did. But it's like, okay, Vivica and him were together for a minute. And like, that's, if that's how she felt, that's how she felt. So for Cuban to just like kind of jump in and be like, oh, 
whatever she put the petty like violin or whatever like I wouldn't have even put that like even right. if I didn't even know the whole story like okay you know she ain't with your man like I don't understand why you being petty it's Vivica Fox like she's on doing her own thing and right. you, you first of all it's 50 cent like what are we even doing <laughs> so yeah you're right it needs to be it, the point is get the whole story first because I sure didn't have it at least you honest bro (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's go ahead and get into the show so the first um segment of course is dating and relationships so Shelby this one is really really interesting um y'all bear with me because I'm gonna read an IG post from Tokyo Vanity she's from love and hip-hop right just I think it's love and hip-hop I have no clue um but this is her this is her opinion on marriage being more than a piece of paper. So, she got some profanity in here y'all, so don't judge me. This is what she said, not me. So, it says, "I can't stand that saying. If you're broken, say that. If you've never seen a successful marriage, say that. If you don't like committing, say that. If you were raised by a bitter woman who told you niggas ain't shit, Say that. If your father was a rolling stone and put a negative outlook on women or commitment, say that. If you need counseling but refuse because that's white people shit or you're scared because you're, you're going to look crazy, say that. Don't make me feel crazy for still being traditional or wanting to bring my child into the world after a man marry me. I get that it doesn't always go like that and marriages don't always last forever, but don't try to salt down my dreams with negativity. Some of y'all act like y'all never had a good day before. It's like y'all have 100% faith in something negative happening and little to no faith or hope in positive outcomes. Maybe things go negative for you so much because you have a negative outlook and energy. So a lot of people think that marriage is only a piece of paper. So Shelby, what do you think and what are your thoughts on what Tokyo Vanity said? I a thousand percent agree with her. Like she is preaching to the choir and I a hundred percent agree with her. Here's the thing. I don't, I know that marriage isn't for everybody and I know that everybody doesn't desire marriage and if that's not what you want or that's not what you desire then that's okay my issue comes in when people that low-key desire marriage but don't feel like their marriage material or have been done wrong or they've just lost hope when they try to bring and put their negativity on other people like if you don't believe in marriage that's cool if you don't want to get married that's cool if it's not for you that's cool but don't say that it's just a piece of paper like I think sometimes it's just a piece of paper to someone or to some people people is because they can't relate like I think it comes down to a lot of people you know maybe being with the wrong person and being drugged through the mud but I think a big portion of it is a lot of people can't fathom marriage being more than a piece of paper or marriage being with you know or marriage being something beautiful but I think you also have to take into account friend that a lot of people have not seen what a successful healthy marriage looks like and I think when that's not your reality or when you haven't seen that, then you're not going to relate to that and you're going to be negative about that. I just wish that if you think that it's just a piece of paper and it's not for you, then shut up. Like that doesn't have anything to do with someone else. And I just hate when people try to bring down other people because they have such a negative outlook on something. I am not married, but I do desire to get married one day. And I don't believe that marriage is just a piece of paper. I think that it is one of the most important 
decisions that you'll make in life and one of the best decisions you make in life. And I don't think that it should be taken lightly. And in saying that, since I don't think that it should be taken lightly, I think that it is more than just a piece of paper. I understand that some people just get married for the benefits or some people just get married just for them. But I think it also comes down to what are your views on marriage and what do you want that to look like for you? I think that what she's what Tokyo Daniel said, Vanity said, I think it's a thousand percent accurate. And basically what I got from that is like if if you're a broken person and you need to heal and you don't believe in that and you don't see that for yourself, just say that. And I think a lot of times people have so much negativity towards marriage is because they have so much negativity within themselves about marriage. And I think that when you have a negative outlook on marriage and a negative outlook on partnership and a negative outlook on what that could be for you, then you're going to carry that out. And I think that when we see that a lot of times, first and foremost, people need to heal from past relationships and people need to confront things, you know, that they haven't dealt with that are making them, you know, have this negative outlook. Because what I will say is, you know, there are people out there that have, you know, been through some rough situations with their partner that may have, you know, giving them, not giving them as much hope. But I think a lot of it comes down to people not seeing that growing up or not knowing what that looks like. So they can't fathom it. So I totally agree with her. Um, I think that marriage is more than just a piece of paper, but I think, you know, some people's mindsets are just not there because that's just not what they know. What do you think? Yeah, I 100% agree with Tokyo um, and you. (laughs) Um, So I do have to agree with her. I don't like when people try to justify why they don't believe in marriage or they don't want to be married by trying to belittle the union like, oh, well, it's just a piece of paper. Because to me, I'm like, well, so is money, but you go out here every day and work for it. So what's your point? And I believe like that I believe personally in marriage because I grew up in a family where it was generations of marriages. So like my grandfather, um, you know, in his generation, that's what they did. They settled down. They got married. And, you know, my parents, they just celebrated 37 years of marriage. And I know that marriage is is a commitment and it's not going to be all sunshine and it's hard. It's a choice, you know, but I also believe that it's God's intention for marriage. So I believe that if you desire to be married, then there is a person that God has for you. Right. So. Um, I also believe like within the union of marriage, it's a purpose. It's building a family. It's building a legacy. There's so much more to it than just a piece of paper. It's like the, it's the highest level of commitment, um, you know, to your life partner and someone to do life with. So I think Tokyo is right in some, you know, some way or some may be, you know, scared to commit and, I can't, first of all, I can't even get someone to commit to a relationship. So it's hard out here. <laughs> and I've actually only heard this statement from men. So I just wish that more men would heal instead of possibly, you know, um, running from commitment. Cause we always hear like um, encouraging things for women, like focus on yourself, work on yourself, heal, get past this heartbreak, like for women to do that. But I don't really hear much men encouraging men to do that. You know what I'm saying? So that could have a lot to do with their fear of commitment or whatever their reasoning is. And also that's why I love seeing like platforms that celebrate love, especially black love. Like the show that we love, Shelby Black Love. I love that show. Where they talk about like, yeah, they talk about the ups and downs and the beauties, the strengths. And like the last thing it for me is that I would never want to be with someone who doesn't take it seriously or has a negative view of it or doesn't think that it's important. Um, so I actually saw someone posted on Twitter the other day. They were like, 
How are you going to let a man tell you your wife material when they weren't even raised by one? And that sounds harsh, but it is a reality because I feel like if more of our men had the opportunity to be raised by, well, raised with the mindset of being a husband, then we might, that make, that might make all the difference, you know, because I feel like society now, it like glamorizes having a bunch of women and just doing what you want to do and like all that stuff. And, and it's very like, people are saying it's now traditional for, you know, you wanting to be married and, and build a family and things like that. So I 100% agree with Tokyo. I'm on her side with everything she said. Right. And, you know, I'm glad that she brought this up because I feel like kind of to your point is that people are normalized or trying to normalize marriage just being a piece of paper and, you know, people aren't taking it as seriously. But I, like you said, I love shows like Black Love or even like Instagram pages that display you know, black love and black people being in love. Cause I think that we need to normalize that being loved properly is a normal thing. Being loved properly right. is a good thing. And I think that you're never going to attract the person that you want to be with or meet somebody that's worthy of you until you change your mindset. And I think that sometimes people are so negative that they don't, people are so negative, but deep down, they still want to be loved. They still want to be in a relationship. They still want to be a partner, but you have so much malice and negativity in you that nobody's going to want to be with you. No one's going to want to be around that type of person or that type of hate. You know what I mean? So I'm just glad that she said something because like she got a whole bunch of ABNs from me when I read that. (laughs) Yes. And um, I was, I read something on Twitter the other day. I'm always reading on Twitter, but it said something about like, you don't attract the opposite. You attract what you haven't healed from. And so I really thought that that was like such a true statement because that could explain why um, people that, you know, maybe just be, I'm talking about people that are like scared or running from commitment. I'm not talking about people that aren't, that don't desire marriage. I truly believe that people just do not desire it for, you know, genuine reasons and not just, oh, well, it's just a piece of paper. But I'm talking about people who have not healed. And it's, that's what my whole point was earlier is that it can't just be on the woman. We hear a lot of that all the time, but like, it needs to be a lot more men out here saying, okay, I need to heal from heartbreaks because they they just as fragile as the egg on the inside too. You know what I'm saying? They get hurt. Right. And so it's not just us that have to pick ourselves back up. Like these men have to do it too. And it's like, you know, when you get in a situation and you're the one that wants to be married, but the man doesn't, then it's like, then what do you do? You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't really, you can't really convince anybody to change their mind on something like that unless they have healed from their past. So, right. I don't know, girl. I got all the answers and, and no man. That's, that's <laughs> great. Um. I'm <laughs> But let's keep it moving to the next segment, which is the journey. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss um, something within the journey that we have learned on building our brand, All Things Melanin. So Shelby, we often talk about stepping out on faith and, you know, just doing it. But let's talk about how to turn your fear into fuel in in pursuing your dreams and visions. Yeah, so I really love this question because I think that just thinking back to when we start first started our brand, when we first started All Things Melanin, different things like that, I feel like we really just took a step of faith (laughs) and we just did it. 
And so I was trying to remember back to like what that looked like for us. So, you know, how we went about it. And I know for me, when we were in the process of creating our brand and putting it out there, I had a lot of fear around it. And I think I remember sharing it with you and just questions like, okay, like I knew that our dreams and desires obviously were valid. And I knew that we had a good thing and a good idea. And that, you know, if we did it the way that we were supposed to, because God called us to do it, then it would flourish. Um, because it was a God-given idea. But I think even if God leads you to do something, I think that it's still normal to have fear. And I think when we started our brand, I was just fearful because I really didn't know how people were going to receive it. I didn't know if people were going to read it, if people were going to listen to us, or if people were going to relate to us. And I think that, like I said, that it's normal to have fear and it's okay to have fear because that's human nature. But what I have learned in talking to people about their dreams and visions, and even with us having guests on our podcast for our dreams and se- dreams and connections segment, the one thing that they all had in common, as well as us, is they literally just had an idea. And whether they were scared, whether they were fearful, or whether they had doubt, they literally just did it. They launched. They stepped out on faith, and they just put their head down and do and did the work. So I think that if you are someone who has a certain dream or a vision and you're scared, I think that a good thing for you to do is first and foremost to write down why it's important for you to launch or release the dream or vision that God gave you. I feel like if you know your why, then when you become fearful or when you have doubt or when you have worry, worry or you just don't know if you can do it, like go back to that why. I know that Eric and I wrote down a couple of whys. And every time that I've had doubt or fear, I went back and I looked at our reasoning and our why and our purpose. And Erica says this all the time, like our brand is not about us. Our brand is about other people. Our brand is about empowering, motivating, and inspiring other people. So if it's not about me, then why am I tripping? I think that after you write it down, I think that you need to write down dates that you are going to do and accomplish stuff. And if it helps you, you know, schedule it out and post it and forget about it so that you can keep the promise to yourself that you're doing it. So I think that for me, what I've learned in our journey about stepping out on faith is to take a deep breath and just do it because it's going to be who it's going to be for. And people who are supposed to receive it are going to receive it. And people that's going to hate going to be haters. Period. Um, the only thing I can add to that is, I mean, it was some really good points that you said, Shelby, because to me, the reality is, is that fear is always going to be there. I don't care if you started yesterday or you started three years ago and you're starting, you know, a new sector of whatever you're doing. There's always going to be that fear of the unknown. And so I do believe that you can feel feel that fear and still do it anyway. Right. Um, so I feel like for me personally, just most of the time, the fear are scenarios that I make up in my mind anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> Like, what if no one listens? What if no one watches us? No, what if no one likes any of our stuff? What if we have no support? Like, all of that will play mind games in, in your head. So um, I do agree with what you were saying, Shelby. It's like, kind of just go back to your why. Because whether you start and you, you know, don't get those likes or you don't get those listens or you don't get those watches first off, you still know your why. So what is your purpose? What are you doing it for? Um, don't just do it for likes. Don't just do it for money. And like you were saying, um, Shelby, whenever, whenever you release your vision or your dream, it's no longer yours. It's, you know, cause you've shared it with the world. So now it's like, it's activating its purpose. Right. So 
for me, I think starting is the hardest part. Like once you have done that, then you, you know, you've done the major thing. And so just literally just do it. And for me, I had to promise myself like, no more sitting on my gifts, no more sitting on my dreams or visions. And Shelby and I are blessed to be able to come together and think of something and build something great together where we can both use our gifts and talents and both like encourage each other to keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? So even if you don't have a partner, you still have to be committed to yourself and have that laser focus and don't compare yourself. Don't compare your dreams and visions. Don't compare your day one to somebody's day 1000. Okay. So (laughs) that's another thing too, because once you start, it's, it's no turning back from there. So that's what I would say. I concur. Now let's get into our guest segment, Dreams and Connections. So this segment is catered to our go-getters who are making a difference and going after their dreams and killing it in their industry. So today, we want to introduce to you Nisha, the founder of Beauty in a Book Box. So Beauty in a Book Box is a quarterly subscription box company for tweens, teens, and adults founded in 2019. So each box is curated with the theme of literacy and self-personal care. The founder, Nisha, is a high school special education teacher that wanted to see more alignment between literacy and self-care. She teamed up with some fabulous women to launch what's nicknamed the Perfect Balance Box. I love that. (laughs) They also host annual retreats for adults and teens. Their first retreat, you guys, will be in March of 2022. So y'all better get ready. So Shelby, let's welcome Nisha to the show. Hi, everyone. My name is Nisha, and I am the founder of Beauty and a Book Box. What inspired me to start Beauty and a Book Box was um, attending an event um, in L.A., There was a woman that told me that she hadn't read in almost 10 years. I really um, was motivated by this to try to get the um, importance of literacy out to the community. And I noticed at that same event that a lot of the women were um, lined up at the beauty tables for like the cosmetics and also the boutiques. So I looked into more of a way to combine literacy with beauty um, and I saw the subscription box model and I thought it would be the perfect way to launch um, something that would be meaningful and impactful. And eventually we were able to offer it for tweens and teens. And we started as a monthly subscription box company. We are now a quarterly subscription box company. So we send out boxes in March, June, September, and December. Once I came up with the idea, I um, went to some former partners and asked if they wanted to collaborate with me. Um, They all were um, supportive and join the team of beauty and a book box and then we launched one of the biggest challenges that we had to overcome in this business was packing there's a special science to packing um, subscription boxes a lot of people see them and they think that hey you just put some items in a box and that's it but when you offer book options and you offer custom boxes it can be really overwhelming. So we had to 
come up with a plan on an effective way to pack um, the boxes. And since then, things have been going really smoothly. Um, Something that I know now that I wish I knew prior to launching the business was the margins um, and how to reach out to the different publishing companies. Um, We did a lot of wholesaling and purchasing in person at different wholesale companies in California. Um, But if I would have known that there were so many platforms online that offer these services and different products that are really um, equally as nice or even better, um, we would have started with those and used our sources in California as well. Next year, we have uh, an adult and teen retreat coming up. It's the Beauty and a Book Retreats. Um, so the adult one is in Orlando, Florida. We are going to have massages, manicures, a private chef, bartenders, pool party, the book brunch, um, transport to and from the airport, a wine tasting, movie night. I mean, all of these things. And we're doing something similar um, for the teen retreat. We're going to have a cooking class, a teenpreneur class and some other things for teens to build their self-esteem, learn that loving literacy is okay and acceptable. Um, Sometimes, you know, if you follow the crowd, it may not seem like the cool thing, um, but so this is just tying the self-care and the literacy together. So definitely follow us on social media platforms, Beauty and a Book Box and Beauty and a Book Retreats on Instagram, and then Beauty and a Book Box on Facebook. Um, We usually post a lot of information about our retreats on there. Some advice that I would give someone who is on the fence about launching a business or following their dreams would be to research what they're interested in, um, take their time to find their passion. And once they've discovered that, then they should just go for it. I mean, I started um, as an entrepreneur in the event planning sector. I moved to e-commerce with the boutique and online boutique. And now I'm in the subscription box business. So sometimes you never know what um, your calling is. And if you get out there and you explore and you may have multiple passions, um, but once they tie all together and you've done the research, you've done the paperwork um, for your entities, then the rest will be solely on you um, as far as what you're going to be driven to do in your business. Because it's not easy being an entrepreneur Um, There are a lot of of ups and downs. However, I encourage you to follow your dreams and do what makes you happy, whatever that may be. It may be starting a business. It may be going back to school. It may be starting in a career. It may be changing careers. Thank you so much, All Things Melanin, for having me on your platform. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys all check out Beauty and a Book Box on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Nisha. This has been so inspirational for this Dreams and Connections segment. So I'm glad that, you know, you were able to join us today. 
All right, let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that was sent off to us and we will give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hey, Erica and Shelby, I really need y'all's advice on something. So I've been dating my boyfriend for the past six months. Everything has been going damn near perfect until I saw something that really bothered me. My boyfriend's cell phone was going off, and so I went to answer or see who it was to see if he wanted me to answer. The message that popped up said, thank you, so I clicked on the message to open it. It was a message from his girlfriend thanking him for wishing her a happy birthday. Is it just me, or is it odd that my ex is still communicating with his ex? Should I confront him about it? You got it, Shelby. Yes and yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively freaking loopy. Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> this is me personally. Don't, don't, I mean, take what I say with a grain of salt because I ain't got no man. But anyway, it would bother me if my <laughs> ex is still communicating with his ex. The only way that that would even be remotely okay is if he has a child with this woman. Like if he has a child with this woman, then I'm going to expect him to communicate with her. I'm going to expect him to text her. And I would even be okay or I would even like expect him to wish her happy birthday because I just feel like that creates a healthy co-parenting relationship and I would never want to come in between like his communication with her and his co-parenting with her because he's attached to her for life. You know what I mean? So that I can see and understand. However, if this man has broken up with her and he ain't got no kids by her, um, they didn't, he ain't got no dog with her, um, like, they didn't divvy up everything that they need to divvy up, like, why are you still talking to her? Because in my mind, if you're still talking to her, then you have feelings for her. If you have feelings for her, then you dip it in dabbing when you don't need to be dipping and dabbing because I am all that you need. So I definitely think that you have to follow your gut. And I think that you have to follow your intuition and that if that bothers you, then you have every right to speak up and to say something. But when you say something, watch how he reacts. The other thing that I would say is when you bring it to him, don't be loud, don't be clapping, don't be doing the most unless he take you there. But try to be as calm as possible and watch his reaction. Because if he reacts in a way that is troubling or in a way that you know, the in a way where he's acting funny, like he's hiding something or doing something, then you should definitely be worried. But I would definitely say, if you feel you're good, like approach him and ask him about it like an adult and be calm about it, but watch how he reacts because I think how he reacts will tell you everything that you need to know. Yeah, so for me, I'm like, girl, you knew someone right when you clicked on that message. So I feel like if this is something that you did not know about before, like you had no idea about who this girl ex-girl is, then I would absolutely think it's inappropriate for him to, first of all, not disclose who this person is. And I personally am not a fan of lingering exes, so this would be a problem for me. Um, I would suggest that, of course, you talk to him about it. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, tell him and be honest about how it makes you feel. Like Shelby said, don't be clapping, don't be rolling your neck. Um, but you know, um, but just 
just tell him what your triggers are. I think this is where it gets really important because if you've been in a relationship for about six months, this is really when you are really getting to know the real person and right. you know your triggers and your boundaries and things like that. So that stuff needs to be discussed because I'm sure he has some triggers too. I'm sure he wouldn't want your ex talking about some, oh, happy birthday or whatever. That's how I feel like the text would sound <laughs> if it's from an ex, like, oh, happy birthday. But anyway, so... I, and then I'm like, okay, I don't care if you still Facebook friends. Like, why you just couldn't say happy birthday on Facebook like every normal person does? Like, why you got to direct my line? You know what I'm saying? No. Um, but anyway, back to your story. Um, I just feel like for me, I don't stay in contact with my exes. So, like, my man would not um, have to worry about me responding or texting to, like, lingering exes. So, I personally would appreciate that same respect. So, at the end of the day, I just think that you should figure out what your boundaries, your triggers are and discuss it with him. And, you know, if this is the right person or the right relationship for you, then he'll respect you and make sure that it's not, you know, confrontational and um, don't make it seem like you're blaming him or accusing him of anything. And just be honest, because honestly, if you just let this slide, it's just going to keep festering and eating at you later. Then y'all going to be eating pizza and you arguing him over why he didn't use a napkin. And you really mad about the text that you saw three months ago. Wow. Not that I've been through this before. <laughs> that's all I got <laughs> so you guys if you have a question that you want us to answer send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore so we are going to leave you guys with words of encouragement so our words of encouragement come from Joshua 1 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is where is with you wherever you go. So I really love this Bible verse. And I know that I say that every week, but no, I really, really love this one. <laughs> For real. And because it really, really reminds me that there that I can go anywhere in the world, that I can do anything, I can be anywhere that no matter where I go, God is going to always be with me. And I find comfort in that because as we go through life, sometimes we feel to, sometimes we can tend to feel alone or we can, you know, tend to feel down and different things like that. But I have comfort in knowing that wherever life takes me, wherever I go, whether it's for love, for life, for career or for myself, that God is going to be with me. So that reminds me that if I have God with me in any and every situation that I'm in and any and everywhere that I'm going, that I can be strong and I can be courageous, that I don't have to be afraid, that I don't have to be discouraged because I have God on my team. God is with me all day, every day. And if he's with me all day, every day, that he's covering me, he's keeping me, he's giving me peace, he's giving me discernment, he's giving me encouragement, he's giving me everything that I need to get, to get from day to day. So I think that we have to remind ourselves that no matter where we are in life and no matter where it takes us, that God is going to be with us. And if he is going to be with us, then those then those feelings of being discouraged or those feelings of being afraid, I think those are very normal. But we don't have to dwell in that because God already has it covered. Yeah, I think the only thing I can add to that is this is exactly what Godfidence is to me. You know, instead of confidence, we have Godfidence. Like if you just know and believe that you're not facing anything alone, God is actually going before you and he is watching after you and he is uh, walking beside you. So literally wherever you are, even before you get there, he's already, you know, made the way. So when we think about each scenario like that, it really is comforting and it really gives you that 
confidence that you would need to face whatever you are coming up against, whether it be a huge exam that you have to pass or whether it be a new job interview or whatever it is that you are kind of afraid or maybe discouraged about, this gives you that confidence and it gives me confidence. So I'm definitely going to read on that tonight. So thanks, Shelby. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. So I'm going to wrap this baby on up and pray us on out. Close your eyes, bow your head. Heavenly Father, we come to you as almost you know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to be able to wake up this another day. Thank you for everybody that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We don't know what's on their minds. We don't know what they're carrying. And we don't know the burdens that they do, but you do. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just give them peace. Give them discernment. Give them whatever they need, Lord Jesus, to have contentment, to have grace. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would cover them, that you would keep them, that you would go before them. We pray that they would know that they are loved. We pray that they would know that they are enough. We pray that they would know that you created them special in their eyes, Lord Jesus, and that there is something within them that the world needs. I pray that they know that they are special, that they are one of a kind, and that they are made, that they are made from and of you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.